I demand to be the first one called out on the podcast from here on out. Called out for what? Called out how? You are the first one. <laughs> yeah. No, you say you can just speak on behalf of me, Mind each, Glenn Medina, and Chris Louie. Talk about yourself in third person. Just put yourself last. I said, for my co-host, Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. True. What order would you want it in? <laughs> I know. What the, what the heck are you talking about, Brian? <laughs> you know what? You guys are my real dad. I'm out of here. You got me on that one. Technicality. Hello, my friends. Thank you for joining us for the PEBCAC podcast, a weekly information security show featuring some all-around good people. It is week 50 of 2022. It's hard to believe, but we're almost done with 2022. I'm Chris Luke, and my son woke me up this morning by sneezing in my face. With me, I have my co-host, Duke Silver, who's planning a trip to New York as a reward for his daughter. I'm planning a lot of things. A trip to New York is definitely not one of them. Side note, little kids are gross. And we have Glenn Medina back from being rendered at that unnamed CIA black site. Hopefully they flew you home first class after that case of mistaken identity. Everyone happy to be back. No, Chris, I was just in a weird lighting situation. So, But happy to be back here and uh, be, on the, be on the call from my home office. Awesome. Well, no guess this week as we close out the year. Combined, we have decades of information security experience and are here not just to educate, but to entertain. We've got four fantastic stories for you this week, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Today, we're going to open the show with some closing loop about an update to the TikTok Kia Challenge, open with some surprising statistics about the PEBCAC podcast. For our first topic, a security researcher takes down a botnet by trying to observe it. Next, a Taylor Swift song is bringing light to an old threat vector. After that, we're going to discuss the clever way some attackers are trying to get their malware onto people's phones. And if we have time, close out with things that annoy you. Sounds juicy. <laughs> Everything annoys me, Chris. So. <laughs> Closing the loop this week, security researchers disclose vulnerabilities in mobile apps, which expose Hyundai and Genesis car models made after 2012 to remote attacks that allowed unlocking and even starting the vehicles. Security researchers found issues in a mobile app platform using cars that range from Toyota, Honda, FCA, Nissan, Acura, and Infinity that allowed them to remotely unlock, start, locate, flash the lights, and honk the horns. Forget the TikTok Kia challenge of using the phone charging cable, just hack the app. So again, how do you say Hyundai, Chris? So I have a recording from another podcast that talked about this vulnerability, and they said Hyundai. Huh? Uh, I don't know. Why did you say that? I don't know. <laughs> So I'm gonna I'm gonna splice that into our podcast. I'm gonna steal a snippet from their podcast, splice into our podcast, and you'll you'll hear them. They say Hyundai. Have found a vulnerability in a Hyundai web portal and app used by car owners to control their cars. Two wrongs okay, don't make right. Can you just take hold the on, on. Hyundai commercial and splice yeah. it in while you're at it? Yeah. So there's the American way and then the Korean way. Is that right? 
Yeah, how I did think, they say Toyota? I think the podcast that I'm referring to has a UK accent. So people from the UK who also speak English, you know, Brian said country. the greatest language on earth, you know, English language. Not a country. And they say Hyundai. But they also say Z scaler. So does that make them right also? That's Australia. That's A and Z. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and Glenn are right. You're wrong. Yeah, By the way, right. so the the only benefit of hacking the the mobile app to get in is that at least you're not breaking the window getting in. There's still a car. You still need to have a cable, or at least the, or the key fob, one of the two. So, but only gets you, you halfway there. Yeah, that's true. If you have the app, it starts the car. I don't know if it lets you put it in drive. Well, you have to have the key, right? The whole yeah. idea is you have to turn the key, unless it's got a starter button, in order to turn the the steering wheel. Yep, yeah. you are correct. Boom. Right. All right. Well, you hack the app to get in. It saves you the trouble of breaking a window. Although smashing a window is not a very high barrier to entry to begin with. Yeah, but it's just not cool to drive around with a broken window car, you know. Well, that's how those teenagers died. They were like, I think they were like hanging out of the car, out of the car windows, and I think the car flipped over while they were hanging out. I think that's how it happened. But no, broken window wouldn't stop them from hanging out the window that way. All right. For our opening topic, Spotify wrapped. 2022 is here. What is Spotify wrapped? I'm betting if you are on Instagram or some kind of social media, you've seen at least one person in your feed post their Spotify wrapped stats. At the end of the year, Spotify compiles all types of interesting analytics for your listening habits. For me, my fifth most listened to genre of music this year was country rap. Thanks to Brian. You're welcome. As a content creator and a podcast host, I get special analytics for a podcast that I would like to share. Before I share the stats with you, I want to be real with my co-hosts and the listeners. It takes an incredible amount of work to deliver this podcast to the listeners every single Monday. Mostly because you are editing Glenn. He always, you know, has audio issues. What? <laughs> Say it ain't so. <laughs> Picking on the Asian guy, I see. Our podcast format is the same every week. We do the intros, closing the loop, relevant opening topic, three infosec topics, and we close with a random topic and a dad joke. I can see in the analytics that some people drop after the infosec topics, and that's perfectly fine. That's why we have the random story for the end, and it's totally optional for our listeners. And the research that's involved every week to come up with three infosec stories in Opening and closing topic plus closing the loop, that's a good few hours. And I'd probably read over 60 or so articles and listen to hours of other InfoSec podcasts for some interesting topics for us to talk about. Scheduling the three of us hosts plus a guest and on that topic, even finding guests who want to come on. Once I find the five or so topics, I write up the full prep for each topic, which my co-hosts sometimes read before the recording. Then we have to deal with Glenn's inevitable audio issues. Oh, there it guilty, is. guilty. There you go. After we record, there's post-processing to remove background noise and convert to a format that's usable to edit. Then editing the podcast, which involves censoring Brian's swearing and inappropriate comments and listening to the entire episode sometimes more than once. Get the f*** out of here. That doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Happens a hell of a lot there, Brian. <laughs> Once that's files created, I have to post it to my podcast hosting platform, write up the show notes, 
write up the newsletter, post it on LinkedIn, download the podcast and test to make sure everything synced properly. There were actually two episodes that did not upload properly and I didn't find out until the next day when somebody messaged me and asked where was the podcast. You can see how much work and effort goes into making this podcast and it does get frustrating for me when I see our listenership falling every week. I do keep track of the stats in subscribers more than it's probably is healthy, but that's what actually led to the demise of my blog. I would spend hours a week researching and writing my weekly blog and only get 17 views. It was just not worth my time anymore. And that's when we pivoted to the podcast. Now, that being said, it was also really, really encouraging and heartwarming to hear from our listeners about how much they like the podcast and us as its host. The happiest moments for me were when people came up to me and told me they learned something new. So that's what really keeps me going. And that's what drives me to do it every week. That's why I do it. I do it for you guys, the listeners. So thank you to everyone who's told me on the podcast that had some impact on your life, even if it's to criticize me on the way I say Cotter. I appreciate all the comments, good and bad, because that means you're listening. Our listener so numbers are going say, back. So you said it correctly this time. Cutter. That's well, how I said it. I thought you said Qatar last time. No, you said Cutter. No, no, Brian, Brian said Oh, Qatar. that was Brian. Yeah. Ah, I got and then it's Glenn said Hyundai. Cutter. <laughs> I said Cotter. <laughs> it's my southern accent there. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> The good news is our listener numbers are going back up after some experimentation of how to optimize the podcast for our listeners. And without further ado, here are the stats. And Spotify only does it to the end of November, so for the last last 11 months out of the year. Number one, we created 2,058 minutes of new content this year, which is more than 96% of other technology podcasts. So we are in the top 5%. That translates to 1.43 days of content, which means if you listen to every episode of the podcast in 2022, it'd take you about a day and a half to get through all the content. It is a lot of content. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Well, on Spotify alone, we reached audiences in 24 different countries. And of course, the good old USA being number one, followed by Canada, Singapore, UK, and India. And then in episode 80, had 76 more, 76% more listeners than average, which was our episode about how to cook steak. So I think, Brian, your steak cooking abilities were awesome there. It's valuable tools that you need to take with you everywhere. That's for sure. Yeah, really brought in the audience, that one. We have a bunch of meat, we have a bunch of meat eaters on our, on our podcast. So I think so. I think we attracted some new audience after that, too. The Pepcac podcast was in the top 30% of the most shared podcast globally. So thank you for taking our advice in the outro and sharing the podcast with somebody you know. We are in the top 15% of the most followed podcasts on Spotify as well. Nice. 96% of our listeners discovered us this year, which means we had explosive growth. And explosive diarrhea. Thank you to Glenn's cooking situations. (laughs) <laughs> and there we go some again. More the, to... Some, some <laughs> more in the some more in the mouth, like Brian. <laughs> <laughs> the top episode was episode fifty with Sahir and SP from the smoke screen smoke screen acquisition. Really, no surprise there. That was an amazing episode. That was we my favorite bring them episode back on. as well. Yeah, we need to bring them back on. 
Yeah. So we had a 134% increase in followers and a 104% increase in streams as well. Yep. These stats are just for Spotify, so step up your game, Apple, because you're not doing anything for us right now. Yeah, those apples. I would say Spotify is definitely winning the streaming wars in terms of audio, like Spotify versus Apple Music Plus. Just, just their engagement. There's this is a hundred percent free marketing for them too. They just do this rap thing. I'm sure it's not that much effort on their end, but there's just so many impressions that it creates with this, these things that people share for basically free marketing for them. Did you guys see anything interesting, like with the you know people that share out like? Hey, I'm a, you know, my top songs were this, that, whatever. Was, was there anything interesting from people that you follow that came through? All I know is I listened to Spotify more than Brian because when we compared our total minutes listened, I, I think I blew him out of the water. Yeah, you're like 87,000 minutes. I'm only at, I think, 36,000 or something like that. But I only listened to my one good at the gym. You listen to your stuff all day long. And there's I a do. ton of cocoa melon in there, loser. <laughs> there was. There's, that was funny when I did the the Spotify rap for my personal listening habits, not the podcast one. The the top podcast was Thomas and Friends Storytime. The second one was Cocoa Melon. The third one was <laughs> Thomas and Friends UK version. And then the pet gag. So we, we came in fourth place in the Louis household. So this is why what's going account. on? Yeah, what do you do? Play this on at, at home for the kids when they go to bed? Is this your uh, your music? They play it themselves. Like they'll wake up and they'll just ask the digital assistant. You know, we have several throughout the house. Just say, "Play Thomas and Friends story time," and then that's all they listen to in the morning. I had that's one awesome. friend that he was in the not. I'm not like a Bruno Mars fan, but he was in the top one percent of Bruno Mars listeners. I thought that was kind of interesting. Nice for being such okay. a popular person. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was in the top point oh five percent of this uh, EDM artist. I guess he's not as popular as Bruno Mars, but I thought that was pretty cool. I was in the top, what was that, top 120th of a percentile? I got you beat. I was top 0.005% of one particular artist that was out there. You're nice. his biggest fan. I might have been. <laughs> yeah, so Obscure music, though, as well. So, uh, And for the record, the Rival Companies podcast that spawned the idea to create our own podcast, they are currently sitting at 58 episodes, so we're about f- 30 episodes ahead of them now. What a group of losers. <laughs> All right, since Brian said losers. Wait, they, only do theirs mo- they only do theirs monthly, though, right? theirs is very haphazard i think they used to be weekly then they went to like bi-weekly and now it's monthly but i think they just do it whenever they want and that was sort of that was one of the things that i talked about what makes a successful podcast is to have a predictable release schedule because like i said when my upload didn't work people were messaging me that monday because they know our episode comes out every monday morning they knew that an episode should have been there and there wasn't so they knew something was wrong so having that predictable schedule i think is so important so we've become crack to some people that like you got to have our Pepcat podcast. Yeah, definitely. All right, since Glenn said crack, for our first topic, security <laughs> researchers over at Akamai accidentally took down a botnet that was being used for crypto mining malware and to launch DDoS attacks. The KMSD bot malware infects servers that have weak SSH credentials and KMSD bot infected an Akamai honeypot. 
While analyzing the botnet code, researchers somehow gained access to the command and control server and began sending commands to it, just testing it and probing it for more information. The researcher who has the most awesome name, by the way, his name is Larry Cash Dollar, sent a malformed command, effectively a typo by not putting in the space between the web URL and the port number. And because the malware has no input validation or error checking, it led to an out-of-bounds error and crashed the entire botnet. Since the botnet has no means of persistence, the malware authors will need to effectively start from scratch and reinfect every endpoint again. That's the good news. The bad news is that those SSH servers with weak credentials will likely get reinfected unless they change their passwords. When will people start taking input validation serious around here? I'm sick of it, guys. That's pretty sick. How about it's weak credentials? <laughs> admin, admin. <laughs> I was going to ask you, so obviously it's not admin, admin, right? Because this is SSH. So how many, how, what do you think the, the default root password was? that they were using to go out here and skim the internet. Like you think it's like a top 10, like root, root and root default and things like that. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah. If you look on like the top passwords used, they, they publish that every year. It's always like one, two, three, four, five, six, ABCDEFG, just whatever it takes to meet the minimum password, password requirements, password. QWERTY. QWERTY. <laughs> I don't think I've ever used QWERTY or one through eight. No, no. I don't think I've even done root or root. Well, you practice good password hygiene, that's why. Even when I was young and dumb and impressionable, I think I even did good things back then. I'm looking around, I'm like, I got a couple Raspberry Pis. Those don't have default passwords. So, yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> default, default login to Raspberry password is Pi. Pi hole. No, not by hole. Uh, I don't pie. use that. Yeah, I once did. I once set up a DNS server at my house, and it was DNS and DHCP, and it it became unplugged, and then just like broke everything at home. So I said, uh, after that, I can't deal with that again. So I just I stopped trying to do my own DNS at home. You mean your wife got upset at you because you're trying to do DNS at home? Got to have that uptime. <laughs> yeah, five nines of uptime apparently is not good enough. Yeah, you got to have that 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 Amazon AWS DNS guarantee of 100% uptime. That's right. Well, security researchers out there breaking things. I love it, but well, I'm sure they'll be back. Do you think this guy's real name is Larry Cash Dollar, or do you think he changed his name to be that? Probably changed his name. There's a dude at F5. He changed his name to Megazone. His gamer handle. <laughs> what? Legally? Yeah. yeah. Legally. Legally, just Megazone. That first, last name, just one word, Megazone. And he would sign all his emails MZ. I was like, you're such a cool dude. <laughs> can you do that? Can you not have a... Can you have just one name? Or is it Mega? First name Mega, first last name, name Mega. Zone? You know, I'm not too sure. You know, Meatloaf How legally changed his name to Meatloaf. But Madonna. it was Meat, first name Meat, last name Loaf. Yeah. Meta World Peace? Ocho Cinco. Ocho Cinco. Yeah, like there's the World Series of Poker player Chris Moneymaker. I think that was his real name. His name really was yeah. Moneymaker. And then there's a, I think it was a pretty famous screenshot of the Little League World Series. There's a baseball player's last name is Money, like Blake Money. 
and then it said he has a couple siblings and one of his brother's name is Cash. So their name is Cash Money. <laughs> I have a friend, his name is Cash, and he named his daughter Cash as well. But not last name Money. Yeah, but his uh, younger brother's name is Big, Big Money. Big Money. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and since Glenn said Big Money, for our second topic, residential proxies or black proxy services are not new, but they are worth talking about because of none other than Taylor Swift. Residential proxies are often referred to as black proxies. There's actually a specific service called Black Proxy as well, but they take advantage of compromised computers in average people's homes. They download a piece of malware that installs a remote access tool, and attackers use this home's internet connection to perform all sorts of nefarious activities. Sometimes these IP addresses are used to send spam and phishing emails, launch DDoS attacks, credential stuffing attacks, and more recently to buy high-demand concert tickets. One of the telltale signs of an attack is if an organization detects massive amounts of traffic from a single IP address or even a few IP addresses. If an attacker is able to spread that traffic out over hundreds or thousands of different IP addresses, it makes it much more difficult for the recipient of all that traffic to distinguish between legitimate and malicious traffic. The problem was highlighted most recently with Ticketmaster, their controversy when selling concert tickets for Taylor Swift. Tickets were being bought as fast as they could and resold for 10 or even 100 times markup on the resale market. Ticket scalpers use bots to buy these tickets, and they use a residential proxy to mask their bot traffic. Is this a blank space a security vendor needs to fill, or should victims just shake it off? I think if you're bum, dumb bum, enough bum. to pay for it, then I guess that's just on you. I w- I, I'm pretty sure I've bought tickets from Ticketmaster before. Where whatever pay whatever price I paid was not the face value. It was like, do they do resale on there as well? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's in their interest to do resale because they get a cut. They get a cut when they sell the original ticket. They get a cut on the resale. They get they just make money and fees left and right. So they they have no incentive to stop this bot problem other than people complaining. But Ticketmaster bought Live Nation, so they effectively have a monopoly. Like you don't like it tough then you don't get to see this concert so on that note maybe there's a, a public service announcement here we uh i haven't gone to a lot of concerts and i think this past year was the first time i even went to a concert in person and i remember going online to buy it and i was like uh you know went to Ticketmaster. i was like oh damn these things are pretty expensive and then i went back to the person that we're going to go watch and the you know obviously you buy anything on Ticketmaster, but you know they had mentioned the venue. So I was like, oh, I wonder if I just go to the venue and buy it. And I was able to buy the tickets right from the venue at, at the at the price, right? Like it was like, you know, $50 a ticket as opposed to like 500 on Ticketmaster. So I guess my point here is if you just buy it direct, go for it. Much cheaper. Did you guys know that or am I just dumb? You could always that, go to the door and buy, right? Exactly, yeah. So that works if the venue is not Live Nation. So for Taylor Swift, every venue she performs at is a Live Nation venue, and the Ticketmaster has exclusive rights to sell those tickets since Ticketmaster owns Live Nation. So there's that problem. But if there is a box office that's not Live Nation, then you could probably go direct. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, my, my kids were trying to buy tickets for the Taylor Swift concert, and 
apparently it was it was a foobar because they ended up having to close the ticket sales for a certain time because of some extreme issue that they had. This must have been it. And then they were in it able to buy it at like three o'clock in the afternoon when ticket sales reopened so did they get it at face value or did they re- buy resell no they got it at face value they just nice. I, I guess i guess they had issues but they were telling me that a lot of the tickets had already been purchased and it was like they were just trying to get tickets anywhere at that anything point. yeah yeah i bet you they're still expensive though for taylor swift yeah i think they spent like 150 a piece but they were pretty down pretty close to being down low that's nice. That's not bad. Yeah, I've heard of. I think like in Boston when she's performing, some of the tickets on the resale market are like eighty to ninety k for a, a ticket, and like really good seats. Like it's that's a lot. I'll be honest with you guys. I mean, I went to a comedy show this past Friday at the Oakland Coliseum, and it made me realize how much I just like staying at home and watching t- the TV special or the movie special as opposed to watching on Netflix. Going to the concert. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you don't have people talking in the background. You don't have people standing up in front of you while you're trying to, you know, listen to their, their, their chat and, or their jokes. And it's just all the noise. Right. And I'm so used to having, you know, uh, what do you call that? The subtitles, the, the subtitles at the bottom where it's like, ah, I need to replay that again. What did they, what did they say? You know, and like I said, you need like live subtitles. Yeah. Live subtitles would be great. So, but yeah, other than that, it was, I thought it was a great show, but I would have preferred to just stay at home. Maybe that's just the COVID in me now. Well, there was one comedian. He says, you can't do, you can't create comedy in a vacuum. So for him, it doesn't matter how hard he tried over two years of creating solid content. It was, it was like the second day for him, right? Like, he wrote the he wrote his jokes yeah, yeah. on a Monday and, and Wednesday was, you know, two years later and still testing it out in front of an audience. Yeah, it's the late breaking news. We just had an earthquake here in Northern California. I saw my monitor start wobbling, which I thought some of me just just be jumping in the house, but then I I just received a text message from somebody that said, Did you just feel that? So yeah, I just had a mini earthquake here. Oh, right on. Wow. Four Nope. So if That's the podcast cool. cuts off right now, then you'll know what happened. 19 minutes ago? No. Are no, the aftershocks like less? Three minutes or they, ago. Or is this a warning? Could it get worse? It could be. This could be a sign of a, the big one coming. All right. Let's go. Giddy up. For our third topic, in a tale as old as time that perverts get hacked... A TikTok trend is going on right now called the Invisible Body Challenge, and it's leading to people's devices getting hacked. So let's take a step back. The Invisible Body Challenge is a TikTok trend where users implement a filter that makes the body invisible and makes the background blurry. The clothes are still visible, so that leads users to film themselves naked. But if they use this filter, all you see is a blurry body outline. Never letting a trend go to waste, hackers out there have developed tools purporting to have the ability to remove the invisible body filter so that people can see other people naked in these videos. Spoiler, (laughs) it does not work and just installs information stealing malware on your phone. The unfortunate part is that the malware is working because these so-called tutorials for removing the invisible filter amass over a million views 
and their Discord server, the threat actors direct their victims, amass over 30,000 users. So That's what just people get. It's crazy. Leave it up to perverts to figure it out. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I would actually semi-believe this because I remember when Snapchat first came out, I was uh, testing, trying to figure out, like, you know, can they really stop you from, you know, copying and saving images? Screenshotting, yeah. Yeah, well, the other way around it was if you had an Android and you had root, you could actually access the photos that were coming in, right? It was just like in a file store and you had uh, free range to get to it. Now, the scarier part was that was just when it was just like pictures, right? And that was it. But eventually when they started doing the filters, the image that you would send somebody would actually be a zip. And so the the within the zip was the original photo and then there was the the mask overlay that was, or the filter on top of it or whatever was going on. So you can actually get the, the legit photos coming through. So imagine if you will, like if you were going into this and saying, all right, well, it's the, the naked or the invisible, uh, invisible challenge, right? Then you would think that the video or the, the picture might actually have it on there to be able to, to take that. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's either like the original it's either file that, is being sent. Yeah. Even if it's not being sent, I'm sure ByteDance is keeping a backup of that, and the Chinese CCP is keeping that for blackmail material. I think that's probably the other <laughs> outcome that might come from this. Good luck running for president, Glenn. Because <laughs> of your conspiracy theories. <laughs> so th- there's something similar that's happening on YouTube, right? The Mr. Green finding... Well, actually, not similar. He's doing a different angle where there's a guy that's dressed up in a green costume that's looking for green screen effects. Have you guys seen that? He's called Mr. Green on youtube pretty cool no i haven't seen that one no yeah where he he goes in he looks at let's say some visual effects on a on a on a movie and he'll change the the aspect and the green ratio and then you'll see the guy standing there in a green outfit like holding a plane or something like that or holding a guy or boosting him up so i'll I'll share that with you guys it's pretty cool i did the same thing but with black light in hotel rooms (laughs) <laughs> look for invisible <laughs> things <laughs> it's funny yeah i remember about 20 years ago there was a tutorial online for photoshop that if you had a picture at a certain angle and the subject was wearing the right color clothes you could supposedly turn on an x-ray filter and see the subject naked and this is probably just the next iteration of that yeah of course you remember it mm-hmm. you're probably doing it what is this? Green screen challenge? Yeah. Mr. Green finding Colossus's inner beauty. Yeah. So it's a guy in a green suit mm-hmm. taking notes. Oh, and then he's... Oh, interesting. He's... So he has a VFX eraser tool. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Makes me want to go get one, so... That's pretty cool. All right. Enough of that. Thank you, Glenn, for that distraction. Hey, you got it. Yeah, who has a dog actually barking? Is that Glenn? Uh, yeah, That's Glenn. Amazon guy came by. Always and rang Glenn. The doorbell. It's you have a dog, Glenn. I have two dogs. Yeah. Oh. Well, now I kind of like you a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for our last topic, and it'll be a rotating topic every week. This week, we're going to talk about what is something that really annoys you, but doesn't bother most people. 
And since Brian brought this topic up, I'm assuming he has something in mind. So I'll let Brian go first. I'll probably hear you guys and come up with even more ideas. But recently we've been back to traveling and going to like in-person meetings. So if anybody opens their laptop or they bring their phone out, it just, it just triggers me. I just get so annoyed. And so I will actually stop the meeting and ask them if, the, if I am boring them and then have them put their phone or phone or close their laptop away. Does that annoy you guys when people are on technology around you when you're working? It does. And I think you probably take the right approach. Like I've seen videos of how stand-up comedians deal with hecklers and it's a really good way. You can, it's, it's easy to disarm people. It's easy to get the audience on your side. So that's probably a, a good move. And at my last time, so the last time I spoke to all the SEs company wide, I actually made a contract with them. I said, you know, if you put down your phones, close your laptops, I guarantee you will walk away from this talk more enlightened and more enriched. So I sort of opened it up with the social contracts. Like you pay attention to me, I guarantee I'll deliver on what I say. And I think that had a, a positive effect. But you said they would actually be more enlightened. That's a tall, that is a tall order. Bro. <laughs> yeah. I think well, everyone learned something from, from my talk. That's, that's right. How dare you? But enlightened, like you? that's, I need, I'm going to be right back. I'm going to go Google the definition here. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I agree. I, there's nothing worse more than distracting than someone else just doing something else while they're on their computer, right? So, but it in these days of Zoom and multi multi uh, uh, multitasking, who doesn't? I, I see a whole bunch of people like screens turned off. You can't even tell sometimes because people don't even have their cameras on. So, some of the things that bug me, of course, is like if I have the if I turn on my camera and people don't, it's like, mm, wonder what's going on. But again, it all depends on policy right some people just don't feel comfortable turning their cameras on and brian i don't told... know if that qualifies for something about because you see the second part of your question is but doesn't bother most people i think that would bother most people if you're trying to present something and then someone's not paying attention well yeah. the reason why i say it is because it was met with what did the rep say that I came off like I may have been a little hostile in my approach? <laughs> you hostile? hostile? No, no way. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. I don't know. Or the good ones are like when you're talking and you can clearly see that they're not paying attention. You've covered it. And then five minutes later, they ask the question specifically about something that you brought up. That's kind of Ooh, that annoys me. That annoys that, me. Yeah, that, that should annoy you, right? So yeah, yeah. I used to have a rep that did that. Like, hey, did you talk about this? And I'm like, I covered that ten minutes ago. If you were paying attention, instead of being on your cell phone, you would have understood that I had covered that already. We were literally on a on a call the other day, and I don't know what this SEM was thinking. So this would be a systems engineering manager, and like. You know, God bless him, but like he he tried to answer a question, but with the wrong tool entirely. Like I, I was like, did you just like wake up? And he's like, yeah, we think we should try to do a VPN replacement. I'm like, bro, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> it, it threw the entire meeting off. Like it, like it, like I felt so bad for your, for this engineer because I I didn't want to justify the or state the gender because I think it might lead to some finger pointing here. But oh my gosh, it was bad news. I'm like, dude. What on earth were you thinking? Like it like completely derailed it. Like I, I almost set us back like six months. 
So something that annoys me, and I think this probably does qualify that it doesn't bother most people. I've taken a decent amount of public speaking training, and I've, I'm keyed into certain things. Like I've gotten feedback on bad habits that I have, and I in turn, you know, I fix it on myself, but I in turn flip it and I listen to it from other people. Like starting a sentence with so, like you don't do that. You don't start a sentence with so. You don't end a sentence with right. So you don't Actually. start a sentence with so. You don't end a sentence with right. And when you're describing a conversation, you don't use the word like. I've heard a convers- I've heard people say, and then I was like this, and she was like this, and I was like this, and she was like this. <laughs> it, it's so annoying. It, that in addition to the usual public speaking fallacies, like the ums, the uhs, the buts, the uh those things really annoy me just i just think it's just because i have i'm heightened to look out or to listen out for those things i think it probably doesn't bother most people i disagree i think that bothers a lot of a lot of people like i, agree I, with I know you on, being in the back yeah i agree with you on everything except for right i think right is a subtle way of getting a buy-in on a given topic or idea i think it's it's okay to end a sentence with right if the response, the appropriate response is for the person you're talking to or the group you're talking to, to respond with right. So, for example, the 49ers are better than the Seattle Seahawks, right? Like, then you would say right, because it's obvious the 49ers are better than, than the Seahawks. But if I, w- if I were to say, uh, I woke up this morning and I, I had eggs, right? Like, why are you asking me that? Uh, you're the one that ate yeah. it. You should know if yeah. you ate eggs. Why would I respond right to that? Like, there's, there's no point in saying it's just wasted words. It's wasted time. It, that annoys me. I mean, you can do it to me because it's always in my beard. Whatever I have for <laughs> breakfast. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, that's that could be annoying. But what I think really checks most, your height, Glenn. I think everybody else has that same. Sees it the same way. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very simple. Like I try to make it to my meetings on time. It was something that was, you know, like I. My dad told me to go to my meetings early. The military taught me to go to meetings early. I just love it when people come on calls and they're like three minutes late, five minutes late, whether you're a customer or, or actual participant um, or from the company. Or it's like the host it's, of the podcast. Or the, or the host. Until I join. <laughs> exactly. I think punctuality should be something. And like I said, uh, I, I get that we're back-to-back calls these days, but uh, yeah, that's I think that's a little disrespectful to everybody. But that's just me. I'll give you that one. I don't. That doesn't bother me as much. I think the uh, the shopping carts when people don't put their shopping cart away. Oh man, that yeah, that bothers you. That bothers oh, yeah, me like, too. Yeah, I'll zip tie it to their door or put it right behind them. Like yeah. I, there's no limit to my revenge on that. <laughs> it's a, it's a hazard. People. It's a hazard. Like if you don't put it back in the right spot, the thing just the wind picks up and it'll blow it into someone's car. It's a hazard. How about just how about just washing your hands in a bathroom? Is that <laughs> well, I would annoy everybody, I think. <laughs> I don't know. There's just a lot of people that don't say anything, except for Brian. I Brian will chase people something. down. Yeah. All right. What about leaving remaining time on the microwave? Ooh. Nope. Doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother uh, that, me. That's a cardinal sin in my household. Really? Yeah. Because number one... anybody. No, no, I, I disagree. So number one... <laughs> You can't see the clock. If there's remaining time on the microwave, you can't see the clock. And number oh, two... Is the one on your wrist not working? 
when when I throw something in the microwave, I don't type in the time. I use the add thirty second button just because it's easier that way. Because I just throw it in and I hit the add thirty second until I get the right time. If there's remaining time in the microwave and I hit add thirty seconds, nothing happens, and I have to like stop and say, why didn't it work? Is the microwave broken? Is it plugged in? Are we having a power outage? No, someone just left remaining time on the microwave and forgot to clear it when they took their food out. Hey, if you're mad at Grace, just say you're mad at Grace. <laughs> Fast forward 20 years. Chris's son is in therapy. And my dad would always yell at me for leaving the button unpushed. Leaving remaining time on the microwave. And I think this might not qualify that bother me. So I'm in the minority on this podcast, but I've seen in other publications that leaving remaining time on the microwave is a huge annoyance to people. So we'll, we'll ask the listeners for that one. Does it annoy what you about, when someone not, forgets to clear it? What about not replacing the toilet paper roll? Well, that's but just you, common courtesy. Oh, it pisses me off. I'm just yeah, it, it annoys me. Yeah, I mean, that definitely annoys me, but... Did it annoy you, Glenn? Uh, yeah, but <laughs> have, you, have you seen the one... Like, I must watch a lot of YouTube where parents are asking for toilet paper and as the kid hands it to them they wipe their hand with what looks like oh, yeah. doo-doo <laughs> <laughs> and the kids are just freaked out by what's on their hands i i get a good kick out of that i i just i love you youtube you just make my day sometimes i, I had a roommate in college he, he did the halfway decent thing so if the toilet paper ran out and it was down to the cardboard he would pull out the new roll but he would put it on top of the empty one. He wouldn't like replace it, but he at least pull it down and put it on top of the empty one. What? <laughs> so my my wife on Sunday, she's like, I went to, the, I, you know, woke up at his restroom. She's like, did you see that I put in three full toilet paper rolls in there for you? I was like, yeah. And I also saw you didn't replace the one that was empty. So thank you for that. <laughs> she just looked at me with this, this look like, how dare you? All right. I have a well, I have a general rule of thumb in my house. If it can be done in less than five minutes, just do it. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You see like one dish in the sink, just do it. Put your backpack away. Put your shoes away. Shut the front door. Take out the garbage. Like I just go on and on and everything. Like I'm yeah. sounding like a uh, spiteful person. I'll give you my last thing that I know. This is something I just thought about this one. This is bugs me the heck out of me. Is dirty cars. Interior, exterior. I I, I buy coupons to take the to take the cars to the car wash. I don't understand why people can't keep their car clean. Like you go inside and there's like wrappers everywhere, soda cans, empty bottles of water. It's like this is where you live for a period of time because you have to drive, and that nastiness just really irks me. So. so I would agree on the inside. The outside, you know, we're in a drought here in California, Glenn. Uh, that's why there's like car washes that use recycled water. Like, hey, you can still wash your car. I remember like when we had the really bad drought here, they had all those campaigns like, oh, yeah, a brown lawn is the new green. You should not water your lawn. A brown lawn lawn is cool. Having a dirty car is cool. Like they really tried no. to sell that to us here when we had that massive yeah, drought. No. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah, the wrappers, the empty bottles, that's that's unforgivable. But the outside, I'll, I'll give people a little leeway on the outside, but there's no excuse for having a dirty car on the inside. No, I, I think that just goes down to maintenance as well, right? If you're willing to leave your car dirty on the inside and the outside, that just tells me you're not willing to maintain your car. So, 
That's hey, true. yet another reason to move to Arizona. We are sitting on a 100-year water table. So even if it doesn't rain here, we got plenty of water in the ground. Yeah, unless oh, L.A. steals it. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Mulholland. <laughs> and since I said Mulholland, we continue to get great comments about our dad joke of the week. Dad joke of the week. This week, I'm up. No, I'm up. I'm up. I'm up. Come on, go ahead and get in on this. You're up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll never in know who you're talking about. <laughs> in the spirit of Christmas, I'll be breeding racing reindeer this year, and I'm just going to try to make a quick buck. I get it. Womp womp. <laughs> <laughs> All right, to wrap things up, thank you to our listeners for making 2022 the best year yet for the podcast. Security researchers accidentally took down a botnet. Residential proxy services are angering Taylor Swift fans. Threat actors are targeting perverts with fake apps to remove filters. And don't open up your laptop when Brian is presenting. That's all I have for this week. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find us all on LinkedIn. Links will be in the description. Follow us on Instagram at Pepcac Podcast. Thank to all our listeners and subscribers who raised five, tar- five stars in the iTunes store and Spotify and left us a review. We appreciate you all spreading the word to help grow the show. The best way to find us is a search for the Pepcac Podcast on your favorite podcast listening app. For my co-host Brian Nietzsche and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. Thanks for listening. We'll see you all next weekend. As always, have a nice day. Thanks, everyone. I demand to be the first one called out on the podcast from here on out. Called out for what? Called out how? You're the first one. <laughs> yeah. No. You say, you can just speak on behalf of me, Brian Deach, Glenn Medina, and Chris Louie. Talk about yourself in third person. Just put yourself last. And I stop. I said, I said, for my co-host Brian Deach and Glenn Medina, I'm Chris Louie. True. What order would you want it in? <laughs> what, the, what the heck are you talking about, Brian? <laughs> you know what? You guys aren't my real dad. I'm out of here. <laughs> now we can stop.